It's time for the Retire ASAP Podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP Show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and I have a special guest today. Now, Brad, as you all know, is in Florida for his month-long vacation. I don't know how he got to score one of those, but he'll be listening to this podcast where I get to make fun of him for being on vacation, and he can't argue back, which is the best thing ever. Now, my special guest today, though, is a friend of mine who we've been doing CrossFit together for a long time. Um, I've been doing CrossFit for about four years, which means Clay has done it longer than that. But Clay Ream is the, what is your title? Gym, gym manager? Gym director? What, what is your technical title? It is actually, depending on the day and how good I feel, gym manager, head coach. Head coach. Yeah, that sounds coach. official. It, it sounds pretty cool, right? Fitness guru. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... it's Manager basically is what I go by, but head coach is, has a good ring to it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Clay is the head coach, gym manager, whatever we want to call him, at CrossFit Worcester here in Worcester, Ohio. So a lot of our listeners, Clay, are local. They're from the area, but oh, we do cool. have some out of state listeners as well. So they probably don't know a whole lot about where CrossFit Worcester is or anything like that. But for those of you who do, uh, Clay is local, friend of mine. And how long have you been doing CrossFit? I started CrossFit in February of 2014, so we're coming up just over seven years now. Wow, so you are getting old. Yeah. It's funny yeah. that I say that because both of us, compared to the regular listeners on this podcast, are probably laughing that we would call each other old if we're doing CrossFit. Yeah, I, 35 is not old, and neither is 45 or 55. Like It really is just depending on, they say age is a number, but it's a mentality. I agree. You know? You know, you're as old as your heart tells you, your spirit tells you, right? You know, you have the spirit of a 20-year-old. I know that's what Brad would say he has, a spirit of a 20-year-old in a whatever 60-year-old body. My wife calls me a grown-up kid all the time, like I'm 12 years old, I don't know. That's so funny. Tori says that she has two kids. (laughs) Oliver's two, but I'm 28, so it's it's a little bit different spectrum, but two kids for her, that's crazy. I get to like have a lot of time with my daughter, who is, you know, Maggie, Mm -hmm. um, Magnolia Joy is our daughter. She will be two on May 15th, but we, we get a lot of time together and we just play. And it's like, I legitimately have fun being creative and like drawing chalk and just playing airplane and going swing like stuff like that is, is fun and and natural to me. So like, I do feel like a grown up kid and and it is a mentality as far as age. We should tell a little bit of the story of, uh, so my son, Ollie is two and a half and Maggie is going on two. But I remember when Ollie and Maggie met at the gym the first time. See, my son doesn't really understand personal space. He doesn't, he he thinks everybody is, is his best friend. He likes to hug. Well, we were working through the thing of we don't hug and kiss strangers. That's just not normal. Now, he's used to just seeing family. So Ollie's at the gym. Maggie shows up. She walks in the door and Ollie says, hi, I'm Ollie. Goes straight for the hug and kisses her. And the look on Clay's face, according to my wife, was just pure shock as my son (laughs) kisses his daughter to introduce himself. Yeah, I was really surprised. I mean, it was funny. It was, (laughs) but the dad in me was like, all right. Ollie is now marked. <laughs> he is marked, and I will be watching him for the next 18 to 20 years to see what he does, <laughs> what kind of man he becomes, and uh, the other girls that he does or doesn't date. That's all very important things to know, it, right? Yeah. And, you know, um, I got to choose what gun I want to clean when he shows up on my porch. <laughs> um, 
all yes. those things. But gosh, becoming a dad of a daughter, I I can't say I've done that yet. But uh, that is that, that's a special badge of honor that you have to you know live up to. When we found out that we were having Maggie, that you know we had our anatomy scan, um, and that she was a girl, I think within two weeks I bought my first gun. <laughs> I'm not normally a gun owner, but now that I have a daughter, here I am. Yeah, I mean, I went through the whole process of finding the right one, you know, and and getting some training on it and and making sure I knew what to do with it. And thankfully, I haven't never had to use it, obviously, but it does give me a peace of mind knowing that, like, protect my family if that were ever to happen. But (laughs) yeah, the daughter, the daughter thing is completely different. And Bethany was joking. We have number two on the way, like, you know. Yes. Uh, but those that don't know, we have our second child on the way due July 16th. And we just found out about a month ago, it's a boy. Woohoo! So we were, yeah, so excited about that. But leading up to that anatomy scan of finding out if number two is a boy or a girl, Bethany made the same issues. Like, I heard somebody make the comment that they would much rather have a house full of all boys because then at least they know where they all are. If you have a house full of all girls, you don't know where the boys are hiding. That's <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, I mean, there's a more crass way of saying I it. I think but so. And I'm that, sure some of our listeners know that one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, you've heard that one before. But yeah, no, that's funny. So anyway, I'm sure Clay and I will be much closer as the years go on and our kids grow up together. But uh, you guys may be wondering, why is there a CrossFit coach on our podcast? Because this is a podcast about retirement and finance, and this makes no sense. Why is he here? Well, I actually had a good conversation with Clay a while ago about um, just how people can be physically fit, not only financially fit for you know retirement stuff, but how that affects their physical health and how they need to go out and be active and they can't just quit working and then go sit on the couch or you know, stop doing any physical activity because health declines so quickly uh, for some retirees. If they go from working on their feet eight hours a day or 10 hours a day to sitting down on the couch watching TV or playing golf once a week, all of a sudden their health starts to decline too. So I really wanted to pick Clay's brain because Clay has some experience uh, at our gym working with people that are not only going for fitness goals in their 20s and 30s, but you've also worked with lots of different age ranges when it comes to fitness. So I'd like to hear a little bit about how you got involved as a CrossFit coach, and then maybe describe a little bit about what makes you an expert with people of all ages and all ranges and all different backgrounds of physical fitness. Okay, yeah. Uh, Well, I do want to start off by making a comment on the golf once a week. Have you ever walked 18 holes? No, you get the cart. Come on now. If you walk 18 holes once a week, you're good. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like maybe, maybe not quite that extent, but walking 18 holes, that's, that's not That's a easy. workout. I remember doing that when I lived in West Virginia. And if you've never been there, West Virginia is just all hills and mountains. <laughs> Par nine was like straight uphill, 300 yards and you got to climb it. But anyways, so yeah, I, I got into CrossFit when the pretty blonde I was dating challenged me to come do it. I've been a gym rat since I was introduced to it in eighth grade, but long career of playing football through high school and college, um, learning all these different things. Uh, I got to the point where at the end of my college playing career, I got up to 317 pounds, I think is what I tipped the scales at. Ooh. Very, very strong. I was going to say, now Clay is a big guy. You're what, 6'2", six, 6'3"? Six, 
six. We'll just say six two. So six two, three hundred pounds. You would scare me to death if I ran into you in a dark alley. That kind of thing. Yeah, I did that a lot to people. <laughs> wait, wait, um, you scared people it, in dark alleys? We're gonna need to edit that part out of the podcast. We can't make Clay a scary guy. <laughs> it's a different life, but I had friends that knew that I was the big guy. So they would go pick trouble mm. and then be like... Knew that you had their back. Yeah. I think so, Brad had a few of those back in the day. Yeah, I was always the guy that just like, what do you want? Oh, he's causing trouble. Okay, yeah, I got your back. That type <laughs> of thing. It very, very rarely resulted in anything because of my size at the time. But yeah, so I, I got in CrossFit through always looking for a way to get in better shape. But after get, getting done playing college football, I got into like the P90X stuff with Tony Horton. So like the video workouts. um, Yeah. And they worked really well. I mean, it went from going on your school budget of cafeteria food and, and whatever allowances you have. And to get to that weight, I naturally graduated high school at like 225. Over the course of my four years in college, I I bought, bought up to 370. It's not easy to do that. It's a lot of work in the weight room, but it is a whole lot of food too. Sure. Um, there's a burden to keep that weight on. So anyways, that was work to do that. But when I did, wasn't playing anymore, I just decided to take it off. And, and that's what kind of started me on the, the journey of always trying to be a little bit healthier. And the routine got boring over the years and got introduced to CrossFit, fell in love with it on my first class because it kicked my butt. And I thought I was in shape at the time. And I, I really haven't I don't think I've ever been back to to dress a, a traditional gym since then. Sure. So you're you're like the mentally deranged type person. It sounds like like you like to be beat up by a CrossFit workout. That's how it started. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say I'm there anymore. So how old uh, were you when you first did your first CrossFit class? Uh, man, math on a late what 20s? is today Tuesday? <laughs> uh, math on a Tuesday. Um. So it would have been 2014, seven years ago, I would have been... 28? 28. 27, 28 is when I was introduced to CrossFit. Okay. So, so you're young. And, yeah. And you're young-ish. like, you know what? I like, I like the torture. I like a, a good workout that makes me feel like I can't get off the floor, right? Yeah. And, my, and my, the girl I was dating was there. So I okay. had to go hard. Right. And like make it's sure that... It's something to prove. She, yeah. It's something to prove. It was some the owner of the gym that I you know, now work for and manage, he graduated a year ahead of me in high school. So I've known him. Gosh, he was my neighbor growing up. Mm -hmm. And to see him and his wife's younger brother who graduated a few years behind me in high school, I remember David being tiny. Right. And when... I've heard that story before. And our listeners don't know David, but David might be the type of guy that you would see in a fitness magazine. Like, just the chiseled body, lifts heavy weights. Like everyone looks at him at the gym and goes, that's who I want to be. But I don't know if I'm ready to put that kind of work in. But you knew him before all that. Yeah. David has been in fitness magazines and commercials. There you go. See? Um, but yes, he he's... When I saw him, I'm like, ah, I'm stronger than this guy. And then he just whipped me in a workout <laughs> for seven years in a row now. <laughs> <laughs> just never um, caught back up huh but it's like yeah so seeing that type of modality of of putting hard work in but also the community atmosphere of people of all ranges doing it together in the same hour was really fun and appealing to me i yeah. want to i want to touch on that because you say people of all ranges because we're, we're kind of joking about the fitness you know freaks out there the ones who 
do nasty workouts and then walk out of the gym and then go walk a couple more miles or run a couple more miles yeah. for fun. Like those people. I want, I feel like a lot of our listeners, there, there are some fitness people that I've talked to that listen to our podcast, but there, I would say the vast majority of our listeners are in the age range of 50 to 65. Okay. Yeah. Now some of them are healthy. They like to bike. They like to do a physical activity, but a lot of them aren't. And they're, they're probably more on my end of the spectrum or Brad's end of the spectrum. When we say, Man, working out, we have to pull our own teeth to get ourselves to the gym because mm-hmm. that's just, it's a pain in the butt. Tell me a little bit more about that. What's your experience with some of those people in different ranges of life, different, different ranges of fitness? Well, I mean, we have, we have some members that have been with us for six or seven years now that, goodness, I know one member, um, he's, he's getting ready to turn 65 this week and he showed up six or seven years ago to get fit for his daughter's wedding. Mm. and he just he got great results over the course of like three months and he just kept coming he's been he's been he's one of our cornerstone members now sure um one of the goofiest guys i know um but man he's 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 great to have in class he's great for the community but you know he he has issues with different movements so we modify them to what works best for him Uh, there's been things that have come up along you know five or six seven years now where you know he's had injuries by slipping off you know people have injuries outside of the gym right the gym is actually i don't want to say the safer like in our gym specifically Mm -hmm. we focus on technique and proper loading of a barbell and the right way to move before moving too fast too heavy too soon and you know that that was what we emphasize as coaches and you being a coach you did a great job of that for so long so the emphasis of that and the ability to modify no matter what age or limitations you might have Mm -hmm. is really awesome and i love seeing that because i mean i've seen people that come in that are super fit to people that haven't moved in 30 years and we can have them in the same class and work out together and do the same workout technically i'm putting air quotes up but do the same workout together and have that community that shared experience but it might look a lot different for each one yeah. Like I work with my mom, you know? Yeah. It, tell us a little bit about your mom. Cause I wanted to, I have that as a question on our list. So I want to hear a little oh, bit yeah, more about your, you did. Yeah. your mom's fitness well, journey. Cause it's really cool. Look at that natural segue right I know, here like by it, the podcast rookie. I'm pretty much, yeah. I'm pretty much good at setting up our, our guests for good transitions. <laughs> um, yeah. So my mom, one of the hardest working women I've ever known, um, for the sole reason having to put up with me for 35 years now. Um, I'm also the youngest of six kids. We have, you know, between my siblings and I, there's over 20 grandkids and there's several more great grandkids. Anyways, uh, she's in her mid seventies now. I was half an ounce shy of 11 pounds and my mom barely made it off the elevator with me. My wife is really praying that that gene does <laughs> not cro- carry not over. Eleven pounds. I don't blame. Although her. Maggie was nine pounds. Oh my goodness. That was our, that was our first. Poor um, Bethany. Yeah. Anyway, so my mom is just like legit, super strong, super tough. But you would never know that by looking at her, just because she's very humble. But over the course of the last few years, she started developing back issues and losing feeling and control and muscle function in one of her legs and she got several visits to several doctors that then proceeded to operate on her thinking it was a nerve or vertebrae issue and while that may have had something to do with it 
it wasn't until this last year that they finally went and saw a specialist and she was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a frustrating time for her because all these surgeries, five, I believe, that she ended up having never improved or made anything better. They just made everyone worse. So sure. I know that no profession is perfect, but that was, you know, a very frustrating time for our family. But over the course of the last few years, I started working with her finally after, you know, asking her to do so for a long time, basically since I started coaching CrossFit two or three times a week for about a half hour to 45 minutes in a one-on-one personal training session. And so like, what is, what is your mom doing in those sessions? Because I feel like someone who's been diagnosed with Parkinson's has trouble with, you know, nerve and feeling and things like that. Mm-hmm. Probably hasn't moved a whole lot in the last few years just because of, you know, some of the limitations that doctors have put on her. Right. What are the stuff you're doing with her as a workout for that 30 minutes? So one of the, the she, she had lost strength, muscle function in, in one of her legs, which, you know, led to a really big imbalance in her hips and the loss of even the loss of the ability to stand upright on her own. So mm. she was hunched over and she was always leaning on a cane. So she had one shoulder that was really frozen up. So we work on mobility of that shoulder. We mm. would do specific stretches to loosen it up and she never looked forward to them because, you know, stretching while beneficial doesn't always feel that great to start, you know. Of but we did other things that were mimicking things or goals that she had of being able to pick up my daughter and hold her from the floor in a seated position. Mm-hmm. So we would use a ten count, uh, or I'm sorry, a ten pound kettlebell or dumbbell and lay it on the floor, and she would be seated on the bench, and we'd teach her how to lean forward with an engaged flat back and pick that weight, that kettlebell up safely, and then lifted a little bit Mm -hmm. so in a safe way she was mimicking picking my daughter up to her lap and holding her what would normal be normal life functions that's what she was practicing so we were doing things like that and and we practiced walking around and over obstacles whether it was a box a plate um or a distance not relying on her cane or her walker um that's cool so it was things like that where I was meeting my mom where she was at and trying to improve her quality of life, her muscle function, her mobility, those things there from yeah. where she was at there. You right. know, not saying like, hey, this is where we got to get. So we're going to start all the way over there. And you know? did you feel like as, as your mom was doing those things, did you feel like you could notice a difference of her outside of the gym, outside of those workouts where she was moving better or able to do the things that you guys were practicing? Yeah, she. Yeah, I could see it. And it's not like it was an overnight fix by any means. Um, Physical fitness never is, right? No, no. What do they say? It's like it takes two months to get into shape, but like two days to get out of shape. That's what it feels like for it, sure. Yeah, that's what it feels like. But yeah, it was a long process with my mom, but it was small small improvements that she made that we could build on. Like you said, it's, it's not a quick fix if it's going to last. So we, we built things from the very base and over the course of months and even a year, um, she made really big strides, but we were still limited because we didn't know at the time that we were battling against Parkinson's. Right. We just thought it was nerve interference. Hmm. So the fact that we were able to get a correct diagnosis, get her on medication and the that medication has helped drastically. I mean, her she's now walking around the house without 
a walker or a cane, but she really attributes that to the strength that she was able to maintain or even build through our sessions and the homework I gave her as well. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool to see. Uh, see, that that kind of stuff is, is really interesting to me because I think, you know, CrossFit gets a bad rap. I think, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the media around CrossFit, if you're not in the middle of it, it talks about how people get injured and how it's super intense, how, you know, guys like you who are deadlifting 400, 500 pounds or clean and jerking, you know, 200, high 200s, low 300s, like people look at that, they go, there's no way I could ever do any of that. But then you tell a story of your mom who's in her mid 70s who has, you know, just obstacle after obstacle of physical stuff in her way. And she's able to do something that gets her in a better physical position that increases her quality of life. I mean, talk about being able to lift up her granddaughter is huge. I'm sure she just swoons over something like that, that idea. I think that's more impressive than any lift I've ever done. And see, that that's cool. I think when people think across it, they think the wrong thing, I think. Um, they, they go back to the, the injuries and the bad rap that they get. But I think... Honestly, the idea of CrossFit is functional fitness, you know, workouts for everyday life. Ideally, what CrossFit tries to do is set you up to do things in the gym that translate to do things outside of the gym. And I did spend some time coaching some CrossFit mm -hmm. um, in, in a previous life, like three months ago. Um, but I did spend some time for a few years doing that. And I think that's, that's huge because there's so many parallels to finances, not just physical health, but to finances that come in with CrossFit of, the long-term discipline, you talked about how it, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It's about little steps each and every day that get you towards your goals. The same thing happens with retirement. You know, People think about GameStop or AMC or Bitcoin and they go, I can get my retirement funds in a month you know, if I, if I bet on the right stock or the right investment. And the reality is those people are playing the lottery. I mean, mm -hmm. sure, people win the lottery, but not very many. Same thing happens when you speculate and gamble in the market. The real people who have great success are those who take small disciplined steps in their retirement plan over many, many years. Same thing with physical fitness. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious. I know that uh, working out in the gym is a thing. Uh, I always heard that, you know, that the best way to get in shape is to eat better and move more. So move more. We've checked that box talking a little bit about what that might look like getting yeah. in the gym, doing something scaled to your version. I'm curious about maybe some nutrition stuff or maybe some practical advice you can give someone who's maybe in their mid to late fifties, early sixties, who they haven't been eating well. Doctor says they need to lose some weight, get a little healthier. What are some practical things you may tell them to start off with, to get going on their, their fitness journey, to be healthier in retirement? Well, I'll start off by just saying I'm not a licensed nutritionist. I don't have a degree in it by any means, but oh, we'll add that I, to the disclosure at the end where I can't you okay. know, give financial advice on the podcast. Right. We'll, we'll fit all that yeah, in there. Don't yeah. worry. Okay. So that's covered. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, with the nutrition aspect, man, like, like you said, it's small discipline steps over time that make the difference. So it's the idea that every decision you make has an impact on your body. Everything you put into your body is going to fuel your body in one way. If you think about doing 20 burpees, and that's where you like jump all the way down the ground on your chest and then you jump up in the air, right? Mm -hmm. So 20 burpees as fast as you can, right after you ate like a really healthy chicken salad for lunch and you had like a really nice healthy breakfast, right? And you've been eating really well for like two or three days and your body is ready for that. And it can do that, no problem. Now imagine eating for breakfast, a giant bowl of ice cream. Mm. You had a snack of like a, a family size Snickers bar or whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like 
doing burpees on that versus burpees on healthy food. So like your body uses what you eat as fuel for performance. Mm. Whatever is left over will either build or help maintain muscle, lean muscle mass or fat storage, right? Right. So when it comes to nutrition, the best advice I can give you is is sustainability. Yeah. We'll say sustainability, okay? Sure. There are a whole lot of diets out there that will work if you follow them to a T for 30 days. But as soon as that diet is over, what are you doing immediately? Mm-hmm. Like I remember the first time we did a whole 30, uh, my wife and I we were... Which is a really interesting diet, right? It cuts out pretty much anything good in life when it comes yeah, to food. Zero sugar, nothing processed, and that... I mean, when we did it the first time, you weren't even allowed to have potatoes. That's crazy. I mean, most people would look at that and go, this is a drastic change in my yeah, diet to do it something. It really like is. And the first like week, like you feel like the withdrawal of everything. The second week, you like want to kill somebody. Because <laughs> you're craving stuff yeah, so badly. Yeah, you're craving stuff so badly and you're hungry. Because all you're eating is fruit, nuts, seeds, berries, vegetables, and meat. But the results, I'm sure, over 30 days are tremendous. Like my skin got better. <laughs> Your skin got better. My skin got people, better. Yeah, people don't diet to get their skin better. But no, most but people, like but- I lost weight. I felt trimmer. I could, like, I thought I was in pretty good shape to begin with, but I could breathe better mm-hmm. in my workouts. And like I didn't have as much lasting or really any lasting soreness from a workout other than like maybe a few hours. So. You know, your that's body the whole, is able to recover faster. Right. That's the whole 30. So it's 30 days of that. 30 days of that. So what was your experience on day 31 and 32 and 33 after you're done? It wasn't even day 31. It was hour one. I went to Bueller's and <laughs> bought a 12-pack of cream sticks. Yes. That's like my biggest like my biggest thing is I love cream sticks, maple cream sticks. And they have really good ones. So I went there. I bought a dozen. And uh, <laughs> Gone I lived first about... Day. I live about 15 minutes away from Bueller's. Six of them made it home. Oh, my God. <laughs> Out of those 12 dozen donuts in the first 24 hours, I shared three. I ate the other nine. <laughs> I spent the next 48 hours thinking I was dying right. from the sugar rush and of the course. overload. Like my body just, you're supposed to slowly reintroduce food groups. Mm-hmm. And I just slammed it with nine cream sticks. That's crazy. And I felt horrible. Sure. And that was like, that was kind of a wake up. Like, why am I doing that? What is my relationship with food? Mm-hmm. Why am I turning to that? And why did I think that was a good idea? Because I knew after two, two cream sticks, I'm like, this is not a good idea. This but, is probably enough. Then you ate seven more. But then I was like, well, come this far. <laughs> you <laughs> know, at the time I was still like 29, 30, still pretty gun. I was 29, I think. I don't know. Still young enough to be dumb. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you you just made it, I made a bad mis- bad choice with that, but the whole thing with the nutrition is the cleaner you eat, the better you feel, the better you'll you'll move, the more clearly you'll think, and the better decisions you'll have, and the more confident you'll be. Like it's just a really a big domino effect of what are we putting in our bodies. That's the biggest thing. Like people think that they can go work out really hard and then go home, stop at Wendy's on the way home. Apologies if you work at Wendy's, but there's not a whole lot there that's healthy. Fast food has done a decent job of trying to offer better solutions. They but have some salads on the menu now yeah. with some 
breaded chicken in them that you know throws a little bit of that <laughs> off the the scent. I can name you on one hand the amount of times I've gone through a drive through and got a salad. <laughs> Wow, that's I can, impressive. Yeah, right? I, I wouldn't mean, have one hand because what's the point of a drive-thru if I'm well, getting a salad? Well, one is still on one okay, hand. Okay, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> um, yeah, you get to those places and you might have the best intentions, but then you see that big juicy cheeseburger that's mm-hmm. cream sticks and cheeseburgers are my jam, right? Absolutely. Um, so those choices are, are really what impact your health long-term. And if you've been making bad choices or poor decisions, with your nutrition for a long period of time, it's going to take some time to get you out of that unhealthy lifestyle and the habits you've developed. I look at a lot of this stuff and and I think sustainability is the key to nutrition, right? Because I look at this, we wake up and look in the mirror, right? And you may like what you see, you may not. And Mm -hmm. if you don't like what you see, a lot of people will be like, now what do I do? You know, and they look for that quick fix of that 30-day diet or that all-liquid diet or the shakes or the, you know, the healthy, you know, lean cuisine, frozen meat, whatever it is. You look for that stuff because you want to make an immediate impact. But the problem with sustainability, I think, for most people when it comes to health and fitness is they don't see the results fast enough. Mm-hmm. But I think what we all forget is that it took us years to get to the out-of-shape position we're at. I look at myself, again, 28, so I'm young. But I look at myself and I go, at 20, I weighed 150 pounds. Now I weigh 200 pounds. So it took me eight years to put on this extra 50 pounds that is unhealthy for me. Now it's probably somewhere in between there. It's probably more like 30 pounds of unhealthy weight and 20 pounds of good weight. But the reality is over eight years, I gained this unhealthy weight. But I look in the mirror and I want to fix it in a month. It just doesn't work that way. No. And so sustainability and discipline is huge when it comes to eating because I ate unhealthy for eight years. Now, there were some periods where I ate healthy, but it was a vast, I would say 90% of those eight years, I was not eating a healthy diet. But then I expect to get rid of that in a couple of months. I just, it's, it's got to be a mental shift. And the same thing happens with finances. When people are investing in their retirement, and they go, man, I only saved a couple hundred dollars this year towards my retirement. And you go, yeah, I understand that. But over the next 20 or 30 years, if you stick with a program, you can really save up some money and the interest and the returns that you're going to compound over those years is going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. But if you don't start somewhere, if you just look at that and say, I'm never going to get there, whether it's fitness or finance, you're truly never going to get there because you have to have the right mentality. This is a long-term game. Yep. Yeah. I, My wife and I, uh, we started doing Dave Ramsey-ish stuff a few years ago. Um, and I know there's fans and people that don't like Dave Ramsey stuff, but uh, for us personally, it's worked um, mm-hmm. on a personal level with our finances because it is forced us to both be involved, yeah, and both like be accountable to each other. And and we've paid off a lot of debt here the last, especially the last year when you know nobody could go do anything, of course, um, for some reason. But yeah, once we really locked down on that, it was small decisions that we made on a daily and weekly and monthly basis that slowly began to make bigger and bigger impact. The whole idea there is that you start with a small snowball and each snowball that you tackle or you complete, right, or the task debt that you eliminate, it grows that snowball a little bit. Yeah. So those small victories are what you need mentally to keep going at the beginning, but it might not seem like a lot. But now looking back, like, man, a, a personal story, a year and a half ago, I went and leased a brand new Chevy Silverado Trail Boss. 
nice. awesome looking truck, right? Mm-hmm. Dream truck. I loved it. And I had a really good deal on a lease that was two years into a three-year lease before that. Beautiful truck. That red one I had, that red Chevy. Yeah. And I went to go get the oil change. They're like, well, here's a rental. And I'm like, whoa, this is nice. And I came <laughs> back. They're like, well, you can get it. And I'm like, nah. And then they, you know, I bit. I bit for it hard. Yeah. The sales and, guy got you. Oh, yeah. He got me good. And he's like, it only ended up being, you know, $135 more a month than what I already had. And it was your but dream then, truck. But then I had to, like, tack on, like, the warranty and all that stuff. And it ended up being almost almost double what we were paying. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the fact that with my truck, you know, we were paying more than we were paying for housing at the time. Right. So, like, when you look back at that stuff, it's like, oh, man what was I doing? Mm -hmm. And maybe for some people, that's where they want to put their money. That's fine. And that's where life is. But for me and my family, our growing family, this past September, I made a decision to sell the truck back, take the hit. And I went and bought a a reliable used truck from somebody I knew that had taken great care of their truck for like $9,000. We paid that off in a couple of months. I now have one car payment for my wife's vehicle that we're riding out till the end. Which is awesome. And you know what? That's putting us in a better position to grow our debt snowball. And it's small decisions like that that you have to make sacrifices on. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, will pay off. If you make good calculated decisions and follow a plan. Mm-hmm. If you eat good healthy foods and follow a plan. And don't let obstacles or fads or stresses or you know people freaking out distract you from that or take you off plan then you'll have long-term success you'll develop a new routine you'll develop a new um really you're building a new pathway in your brain absolutely yeah and this this is stuff that you know we could do a whole episode and i do intend to do a whole episode on some of the mental aspects of retirement but also physical fitness habits in general um, my wife and I have seen a counselor. Her name is Ruth and she's amazing. Um, and she has so much insight on some of the things. A lot of times when we make these decisions, we don't even know why we're making the decision. And so like you're saying, Clay, like just the little stuff, the one step at a time, it builds these new pathways that all of a sudden these become unconscious habits. Mm-hmm. We, we want to work out. We want to eat clean because unconsciously we know that this is what's better for us. Now, see, I want to wrap this up here because I think we're I think we're kind of hitting the nail on the head with this good stuff. I, I want to wrap this up with one last thing. What is one or two things some of our listeners can do today to be a little bit healthier? Make it real practical, something that you would tell someone at the gym today if they said, hey, Clay, I want to lose some weight. I want to get more fit. What do I need to do? I'm 55, I'm 65, I'm 25, whatever it is. What is that one or two things I can do? Stop drinking pop. Oh, man. Stop drinking That's pop. True. Diet sugar pop load, is right? still pop. Even Stop diet drinking pop. pop. Yeah. No, like literally I've seen people lose tens, 20 pounds, you know, or more. They lose weight when they stop drinking pop and don't change anything else. Hmm. You're going to go through that week of suck, that withdrawal, but it will happen. You eliminate that process. Stop drinking pop. Drink more water. Your body will thank you. Eliminate sugar in general or greatly reduce it. Yeah. Natural sugar is fine. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen anybody get fat from eating too many apples or grapes or bananas? No. Horses usually stay a pretty good size even though they eat all the apples. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now, take in mind if anybody's dealing with insulin level issues, that that's a different story. But right. yeah, so you, I mean, that natural sugar is fine. So 
Focus on eating real food as often as you can. I'm not perfect with it, and I'm okay with that. I I try to eat as healthy as I can, 85 to 90%. Lately, I'll be honest, it's been more like 75 to 80%. <laughs> sure, sure. We've moved, renovated a house, have another kid, all those things, life big happens. life changes. But I still make the effort to do that. My wife and I still make the effort to do that as often as we can, eating real food as often as we can so we feel better. When we don't, we feel literally the weight of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so eat real food as often as you can. Stop drinking pop and find a way to move every day in some way, whether that's taking your dog for a walk. They love you. They want to go for a walk too. I guarantee you go home, say walk. They're going to wag their They'll tail right, right at the door. I have a 90-pound Labradoodle. He's almost three, and he's still 100% puppy. <laughs> and He loves his walks. Yes, he does. Well, yeah. Now that we moved out there, we do. He does. Even before. Anyways. So, find a way to be active every single day. Even simple stuff like walking is what you're saying. So, you, yeah. don't, you don't have to join a CrossFit gym is what you're saying. No, no. Although, that, CrossFit I'm sure works that would great, help. but like, you know, if you need to... Find something that works better for you right now. That's fine. If you're moving every single day, great. But if you have very specific, I don't even say very specific goals. If you need a community to be around, Mm. if you need coaching to learn how to do a lot of these movements or you have the desire to move better, Mm -hmm. that's where CrossFit is. Like that, We specialize in helping you move better, moving well. Mm -hmm. We'll give you some advice on nutrition and give you some ideas. But man, if, if you're, if you're doing any type of exercise routine without focusing on your nutrition, it's you're not going to get anywhere. I mean, you'll you'll stay where you're at. You're fighting or fighting Mike Tyson with one hand t- tied behind your back. I couldn't fight him with both hands. If he had both hands tied behind his back, I'm pretty sure he'd still beat me. <laughs> Trying to, yeah, I mean, he'd headbutt you, right? No, I'm pretty sure he got me. Was he the one that bit the ear? Yeah, that was my. He Tyson. bit. He bit. He was the ear biter. Yeah, yeah, I don't want him bite my ears. That's for sure. That yeah. that was nasty. He did that without any hands. Yeah. <laughs> See, that could be me. <laughs> no, that that's good. So just to summarize that that advice, basically cut out pop. That that's like number one. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you'll see instant you know change in the next few days, next few weeks on your weight. And, I mean, if even, it's if you're a regular pop yeah, drinker, and and even look at like the energy or sports drinks. Okay. If you look at a Gatorade, there's just as much sugar in a Gatorade as there is a Mountain Dew. Isn't that crazy? Blows my mind. Yeah, people don't people not don't all of them, that. but most of them. Yeah. So yeah. okay, so cut out pop. Maybe make some better eating decisions. I know that my wife and I, when we start to go on a healthy kick, first thing we do is we make our own food because you know what goes in it. Oh yeah. Rather than go out to eat or take take out or whatever it is. You know what else that helps with? Your budget. Your budget. Amazing. Oh On this gosh. podcast, we're talking about money. I love it. But yeah, that's true. I mean, take out, it, you don't know what goes in that food. You don't, don't know what oils they cook with. You don't know how much sugar they're adding to it. Cooking at home is a huge one. And mm-hmm. then finally, your your other piece of advice is just get moving, whether it's just walking or you know a little tiny workout that you've done in the past, uh, whatever it is. Get on your bike, ride you know around the block, whatever it is. Find a way to get your heart rate elevated for a few minutes every day. That's huge. Yeah. Well, that's good. Man, that's, it makes it sound so simple. Being oh, healthy, but it's not. Being it's, healthy is so simple, but it's not easy, right? The more you do it, the easier it becomes as far as doing it regularly. But the more fit you become or the healthier you become, the workouts become harder 
because you find that you're able to push yourself more with more confidence. So you're going to start getting better results because you're eating better, because you're feeling better, and your mindset changes. Absolutely. It's all a domino effect. Small decisions on a daily basis can lead to really, really big changes. I'm going to give you a chance to plug some stuff. So for you personally, you're the head coach at CrossFit Worcester. Where can they find out some more information about CrossFit Worcester? I know you do some personal training, things like that. Let let us know. How do we get connected with you, Clay, if we want to get fitter, if we're around the area? Or do you do anything virtually? I mean, let let us know what's the best way to connect with you. So if you're not from the area, you can always look up a local CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's an affiliate that's owned by somebody individually. But yeah, I would do that if you're not in the area or find somebody that's willing to work with you and, and get some nutritional counseling, those types of things. Um, if you're in the area and you want to check out CrossFit Worcester, you can simply visit our website, CrossFitWorcester.com. Um, my wife has been a huge help in the last few months in making the website cleaner, mm-hmm. um, along with the owner's wife, Jessica Letty, huge shout out to her for you know having three kids and managing websites and stuff like that. But our website is is a lot more user-friendly now. But also we do have, starting next week, two weeks of free classes. You can come in and check out as many classes as you want. You will get that individualized coaching mm-hmm. and we will modify for everybody no matter where you're at. We'll make sure that you have a good time in that hour, move safely, sweat safely, and that you'll want to come back again. Yeah. Um, so two weeks starting, that's what, March 22nd yep. through the 2nd of April. Right? Actually, that we're going to do through that Saturday. Oh, so the through third. the 3rd of April. Yeah. And you know what else? April 1st is the launch of our next fat loss challenge. That sounds like a joke. Not it's kidding. It's not April Fool's? No, it, no, seriously. So we're launching our next, <laughs> we do a, an eight-week fat loss challenge where we have, it's called an in-body machine where we measure your progress at, or where you're at at the beginning and then you get another one at the end of that eight weeks. What it does, it lets us track your progress. So for for entering that contest is, is cheaper than a two-month membership, which is cheaper to do this challenge without the lengthy commitment uh, that we would have to make for a membership. Yeah, and winners walk away. Our last challenge, each winner walked away with $250 in cash. That's crazy. And they lost like 4% or 6% body fat individually so like they got great results right so So there's a way to do that so guys if you're a listener and you live in the area you want to connect with clay across at worcester um you'll see me there every once in a while uh hopefully more than less in the in the next few weeks but uh yeah i I really encourage you to take that next step whether it's uh take that step in nutrition like clay was encouraging you to do or if you're looking for something to get you get yourself out of the house to be physical to do it with a community of people that are going to support you Sounds like the next couple weeks across at Worcester are going to be the best. Now, this gets released on a Thursday morning, so it'll be uh, the 18th when this comes out. So that's just a few days before the, the two, free two weeks start. So definitely check that out with Clay. Clay, I just want to say thanks for joining us here. It's good to have you. We'll have you back because I have some more questions about random stuff when it comes to your personal debt journey. I think it'd be fun to do oh, a, okay. a little yeah. case study on you and stuff like that. But I'm sure people will have some questions on a lot of this that we can uh, kind of touch base on in another episode down the road. So Yeah, this is fun. This is the first podcast I've ever done. I've never been this close to a mic before. Oh, well, yeah. You- well, I did some karaoke down in West Virginia too, but that was another lifetime ago. <laughs> Well, and like you said earlier, you definitely have the face for radio, so it's worked out really well. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have the bass. And I think I have a good voice for radio. I don't know. What do you think? Right, we'll, we'll see what the listeners have to say about that. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll check in with you here in a couple weeks for our next episode. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Any conversations on today's show about health and nutrition should not serve as specific advice to your situation. Please seek the help of a licensed expert before taking any action.